Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. What is Going Deeper with God? Well, if you don't know already, let me tell you. Uh, Going Deeper with God is an opportunity to get to know God better by studying the Bible. That's what we do. We go through Bible books uh, passage by passage. And at the moment, we're in the middle of a series in Paul's letter to the Philippians in the New Testament. So it'd be great if you could turn to Philippians chapter three. We've called this whole series Joy and the Gospel because there's lots in this letter about joy and there's lots about the gospel and they belong together. The more gospel centred we are, the more joy we will experience. You know that if you're a believer in Jesus, you know that's true. Joy and the gospel, they belong together. Um, last week, we looked at the first half um, of chapter three, which was Paul explaining the gospel, explaining how we get saved. We don't get saved by what we do for God. We get saved through what God did for us when Jesus died on the cross. We get given a gift of righteousness when we trust in Jesus. And because of that, and as a reminder of that, we're going to uh, sing a song about the gospel, uh, which focuses our attention on Jesus. So uh, um, you may not sing this out loud. Um, I won't be singing aloud, uh, but let's be using the words to help us worship God. As we say to God, um, when I almost forgot what the song was, sorry, and now I know. <laughs> when I was lost, you came and rescued me.
What grace, what love. Uh, We're going to read the passage. Our passage today is Philippians 3, verses 15 to 21. Philippians 3, 15 to 21, and we've called this passage the Jesus-centred life. Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears... Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That's Philippians 3 verses 15 to 21, the Jesus-centred life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray that we may experience this combination of being gospel-centred and experiencing your joy. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we get into this passage, let's just begin in verse 17. Uh, Verse 17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Paul is saying uh, there are people who are living very differently because they don't believe the gospel. Well, don't focus on them. Live like I'm living. Live like I'm I'm, I'm living and believe what I'm believing about the gospel of Jesus and if you if there are details there which you're not yet clear about, God will make that clear to you. Verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. I love the end of verse 15, don't you? I mean, I'm sure that there's lots about the gospel I don't yet understand clearly and properly, but I think I understand the gospel better. I think I'm clearer about the gospel now than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And isn't that true of you? If we keep following Jesus, if we keep open to the Holy Spirit, if we keep studying the Bible, God will give us more and more clarity. God will make it clear to us. The end of verse 15. And it's with that attitude that we come to this passage today. Now, if you look at uh, chapter four, you'll see that chapter four is really closing remarks by Paul to the, in this letter. That doesn't mean it's not important. Chapter four is wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. But in a sense, Paul's main argument, which is about what the gospel is and how we need to be, be, be faithful to the gospel, 
it comes to an end at the end of chapter three. In the end, this this passage we're looking at today, verses 15 to 21 in chapter three, that is finishing off Paul's argument and saying, be clear about the gospel and stay faithful to the gospel and hold on to the gospel. And what Paul does here, as he did actually at the beginning of chapter three, you may remember this, he compares he compares two groups with one another. There's a first group of people who are not believers in Jesus. And the second group are believers in Jesus. It's the church. It's Christians. So this is a wonderful opportunity for us to look at the gospel again and to think about what it means to be Jesus centred in our lives. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Let's be talking to God as we look at his word together. The first group is in verses 18 and 19. Verse 18, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now this is Paul introducing the first group and this is a group of people who are not believers in Jesus. And he tells us three things about these people. He says something about their message, about their home and about their hope. Let's look at those three things. First of all, their message. Well, I've just read the verse, verse 18. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their message is you don't really need the cross. If you live a good life, if you try to live God's way, if you help other people, if you're religious, if you take your faith seriously, then you really don't need the cross. If you live a good life, then that will be all right. You'll be OK on Judgment Day. You don't need the cross. In a sense, it's where Paul was uh, when before he met Jesus. Uh, he talks about that in chapter three of this letter, this chapter, this chapter, verses four and five. That was Paul's attitude. You don't need the cross. So it's people saying you don't need the cross. You can save yourself by your own good works. I mean, it may be that it's people saying, oh, it's good to have Jesus. That is great. But what he did on the cross isn't enough. You need to do something. You need to contribute to your salvation. If you're like that, you're an enemy of the cross of Christ. Or it may be that these people are quite enthusiastic about Jesus, but they're saying, take Jesus as your example. You really don't need Jesus as your saviour. You don't need the cross. It's just this constant attitude. Drip, 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 drip. You don't need the cross. And there are people in our world, there are people in our culture who are downgrading the cross, who are saying that the cross is not important. You can be a Christian without the cross. You really can't. The cross is at the centre of God's purposes because on the cross, Jesus died for our sins so we could be forgiven. But that's the message of this first group. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. They, they, they downgrade the cross. They push it aside. They say we don't need the cross of Jesus. That was their message. Then secondly, their home. And have a look now, please, at verse 19. At the end of verse 19, their mind is set on earthly things. 
They're focused on what's happening here. They're not thinking about anything else. They're not thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about God. They're not thinking about heaven. Their mind is set on earthly things. And it's actually all about living, keeping their own appetites satisfied. Have a look in the middle of verse 19. Their God is their stomach. It may be food, it may be sex, it may be power, it may be all kinds of things, but it's all about satisfying your appetites. And who cares if these are good things or bad things? Have a look at the end of the the next phrase in verse uh, 19. Their glory is in their shame. That's almost certainly talking about sinful actions sinful behavior and saying they even glory in it. They even say it doesn't matter. We can live any way we like. These are people who may be saying it really doesn't matter. Just express yourself. Do your own thing. Because their home is this world. Their mind is set on earthly things. Their message, their home, And thirdly, their hope. Well, they haven't got any hope. Now, have a look at the beginning of verse 19. Their destiny is destruction. They have no hope. And it probably doesn't bother them that they have no hope because they're so focused on this world, on what's happening to them, satisfying their appetites or whatever. But their destiny is destruction. There is going to be a judgment day. There will be judgment. God is just. And yet these are people, because they reject Jesus, they reject his cross. They have no hope. They face judgment day. So that's very solemn stuff, isn't it? About this first group of people that Paul mentions. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their message is they say no to the cross. Their home is this world. Why would we want to be anywhere else? We're happy here. And their hope, they have no hope. They don't think about anything else. Now, the details will differ from group to group, but we need to have our wits about us. We need to be conscious of the fact that there are people around. Some of them may even say that they're Christians, but they will say no to the cross. Oh, let me tell you, and the passage makes it very clear, doesn't it? If someone says they're a Christian, but they're not interested in the cross, they think the cross is irrelevant, then that person is not a real Christian, not a real believer in Jesus. Being a believer in Jesus means turning from your sins and putting your trust in Jesus and in what he did on the cross. When Paul went to Corinth to preach the gospel, he was determined to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. It's really important. So that's the first group. We must keep our wits about us. There there are people who want to say the cross is not important. Even the songs we sing, uh, not every song is going to be about the cross. I know that. But the songs we sing when we meet for worship as Christians, the cross must be there. Otherwise, the danger is we're downgrading the cross and saying the cross doesn't matter. That's the first group. Now, let's come to the second group. The second group is in verses 20 and 21. And Paul is turning to the Philippians who are reading this letter and saying, the second group, my brothers and sisters in Philippi, is you. 
It's Christians. It's trusters in Jesus. And as we look at this group, Paul is also going to talk about our message, our home and our hope. And please feel free as we do this to lift your heart in worship to God. This is great stuff. First of all, our message. Our message is all about Jesus. This is not just the Jesus-centred life. This is the Jesus-centred message. Have a look at verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see how Paul describes Jesus? He's Jesus, the end of verse 20, the historical Jesus. We know about Jesus. We know what he said, what he did. We've read the Gospels. But he's also Christ. That word means Messiah. It means the anointed one. It means the saviour that God promised in the Old Testament that he would send. The rescuer who would come into our world. Jesus is that rescuer. He's the Messiah. But he's also the Lord. Do you see that at the end of verse 20? He is Lord. He's in control of everything. He is Lord over evil, over over sickness over nature, over death. He's Lord of everything. But that the word Lord doesn't just mean that he's in control of everything. We saw it back in chapter two, that Lord is also a name. You remember this in the, in the Old Testament where Lord is written in four capital letters, L-O-R-D, that's the name of God. It's Yahweh. And look back with me at chapter two, verse 11, Paul's looking forward to the to the great future, what's going to happen one day. And he says, one day, chapter 2, verse 11, every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord means that we will acknowledge that Jesus is Yahweh. He has always been Yahweh. He has always been God. But everybody will acknowledge that. <sighs> So our message is about Jesus. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah and he's the the Lord. He's Yahweh and he's also the Saviour. That's there in verse 20 as well. Um, We eagerly await a Saviour. Jesus is the Saviour. That's the centre of our message that this wonderful Jesus came into our world to be to be the Saviour of sinners. We know that we're forgiven, we who are Christians, because we trust in what Jesus did when he died on the cross. Wow. Hallelujah. (laughs) So that's our message. That's our message. Oh, it's wonderful. Just saying that, just being able to speak these words and read Paul's words here, that gets me worshipping. Our message. Then our home. Did you see the beginning of verse 20? Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. And that's where we're going. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're actually all of us who are watching this, all of us who are trusters in Jesus, we're foreigners. We're not at home where we are. We're just a passing through. We're on on our way to heaven And that is our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. Um, uh, Some of you will know I lived in Austria for uh, 20 years. 
And one of the things I had to do when I was in Austria, I don't know if people still have to do this, I had to fill in a residency form. And there was a bit on the form for my name and for my address in Innsbruck, where I was living. But then there was a box that said permanent home address. Home address. And they were looking for my UK address, which is what I gave them. But I was always very tempted when I was filling this form <laughs> to just write heaven. I didn't do it because I think it would have caused some administrative problems. But it would have been true. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. That is our home. And I hope it makes you excited as you think about that. It's a fantastic thought that our, our home is not here. Our home is with Jesus in heaven, in glory forever. That's our message. It's all about Jesus. That's our home. Our home is to be in heaven with Jesus. And thirdly, our hope. Have a look at our hope. Verse 21. Jesus, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. He is in the business of transformation. One day he is going to transform us. He is going to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We have lowly bodies. <laughs> I must say, the, the older I get, the more aware I am that my body is lowly. It's falling apart. It's getting old. It's fading. Uh, and you may be aware of that too, but it's true. However fit and strong you are, in the end, our bodies are lowly. Well, here's good news. If we're trusting in Jesus, we've turned from our sins, we put our trust in him, we believe that what he did on the cross, he did for us so we, so we could be forgiven. One day our lowly bodies will become holy bodies. One day we will become the people God originally designed us to be. And that will be the day when we see Jesus face to face. This is extraordinary stuff. When we see Jesus, we will be like him. And that's what the Apostle John writes in, in his first letter. When Jesus appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. That's 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. We will see him as he is and we will be like him. We will become the perfect us. So one day I will be the perfect Andrew Page. No more sin. No more suffering. No more struggle. Because I'll be home and I will see Jesus face to face. My lowly body will be a holy body. My body will be a glorious body. The end of verse 21. How's that? Oh, there's lots I don't understand about that. But it's wonderful, isn't it? Doesn't it make you excited? This is what our future is. This is what our future is, is all about. This is our hope. And of course, hope in the Bible is not a vague Keep, keep your fingers crossed kind of hope. It's a, it's a certain hope. It's sure because it depends on Jesus, his death and his resurrection. This is our hope. This is a kind of new, a new sort of homesickness, it seems to me. Normally homesickness is wishing we were somewhere where we used to be. This is a new kind of homesick. This is 
wishing we were we we were we were somewhere where we will be we will one day be in glory with Jesus we one day will be there well we have a sort of longing to be there don't we I mean this is kind of easier for me the older I get I have to say uh, when you're younger uh, then there are things you would quite like to hang around on this earth for a bit longer and I totally get that um, if you're married and if you have children and grandchildren, you want to stick around. You want to be at their weddings, whatever else there is. You want to you'd like to experience all those things when you get to my age and I'm single. I don't have children or grandchildren. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. There's nothing holding me here, although I'm really enjoying doing going deeper with God. <laughs> but I'm ready. This hope just excites me that I will see Jesus. So even if you would quite like to hang around here a little bit longer, I hope you've got that sort of homesickness in you, that longing, that feeling, ha, I would like to see Jesus face to face and then be like him so that my body is no longer a lowly body, but a holy body, a glorious body. This is our hope. Have you got it? Doesn't this make you worship? This is our message. It's all about Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour. Our home, our home is to be with Jesus. Our citizenship is in heaven. And our hope is that one day we will see him and be like him. And before I pray, I'm just going to end with um, quoting something to you. I'm going to quote a, bi a verse from the Bible and I'm going to quote a verse from a hymn. And I hope that as I do read these two quotations, you will find yourself worshipping and that the worship won't just be now, but it'll be, be also in the in the next few days. Here's the verse from the Bible. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Oh, what wonderful words. You cannot imagine it. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to be wonderful. Now, here's the verse from the hymn. It's a hymn by Stuart Townend. I think it's wonderful. The hymn is called There is a Hope. Here's the last verse of the hymn. There is a hope that stands the test of time, that lifts my eyes beyond the beckoning grave to see the matchless beauty of a day divine when I behold his face. When sufferings cease and sorrows die, and every longing satisfied, then joy unspeakable will fill my soul, for I am truly home. <sighs> Let's worship. Let's live the Jesus-centred life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this great good news that we have. We thank you so much that it's all about Jesus. Thank you that he is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour. We worship you. Thank you that he came so that we could be forgiven, 
Thank you for his death on the cross. Thank you that because he died and rose again, we are forgiven because we trust in him. We thank you. Father, we pray that you help us to keep our wits about us, that we'd be conscious of other people saying stuff that pushes out the cross of Jesus, your son. Help us to be faithful to your good news. And we thank you that our home is in heaven and thank you that one day we'll be there because we're trusters in Jesus. And we thank you for this wonderful hope we have that one day we will experience this astonishing transformation and be the people you always planned us to be and be with you forever. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus name. Amen. Please don't switch off. <laughs> the words of this uh, second hymn, they are wonderful. They point us to our hope. They remind us of our hope. Uh, as we listen to this song, let's be worshipping and remember there is a day. Glory, we will live. Oh, 
to the things as yet unseen. will remain for all eternity Though trouble's hard It's only momentary Cause it's achieving our future glory shall see him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.